Well, this Sunday morning, we start a new sermon series. Our series title is, How Long Will This Last? I think that's a very appropriate series because every day something new happens or some change comes along that we continue to ask that question. Man, we're hearing it everywhere. How, how long is this going to last when we don't really know? Today in this new series, we come out of Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, when the apostles didn't know what was going to happen when Christ died on the cross. And then he came back. He was alive again. And then they began to ask the question, what else is going on? And then he told them that he was going away and he was going to leave them. And then the ascension is going to come. But during this time, they're asking that same kind of question. How long is this going to last? What's going on around us? Well, today we consider Psalm 18 where David and all that he was doing were, was really asking the same kind of questions. How long, Lord, is this going to occur? What's happening around me? We find Psalm 18. If you have your Bible with you today, maybe you have a hard copy that you're there with your family that you're looking at this together, or maybe you have your iPhone that you're going to bring it up on, or an iPad, or you're just going to look at this psalm together. Now, later on, you'll want to read the whole psalm. It's a long psalm. Matter of fact, it's the third longest of all the psalms. It takes a long time. This morning, we're going to really focus on the beginning of the psalm and what it teaches us, how David teaches us about life and what's going on and how long will his problems last around him. And even when all this stuff is happening, how he lives in the middle of that, how he functions inside and how he looks to God in the middle of all that's going on, in the middle of his question, how long is this going to last? He looks to the Lord. So if you have your Bible and you're looking at Psalm 18, you recognize that at the very beginning, he gives us an introduction to the psalm. He tells us that it's from David. It's a song from the psalmist that he is singing unto the Lord. He's saying to the Lord this psalm. He's singing this song that he's putting out to the Lord. And it has to do with the fact that he is being delivered. So it's a deliverance song. It's asking that question, Lord, how long is this going to last? But in the middle of this, I recognize that you are going to deliver me. And that is such good news for us. Even this very beginning helps us to, un to understand and to recognize that the Lord has purpose, that the Lord is delivering, that he is at work. And David is guiding us to acknowledge that. So as we begin this morning in this message, begin thinking, Lord, how do I acknowledge how you are delivering us when we don't see the outcome, when we don't know the end results, when I'm walking through crisis of my family or crisis through my vocation or my finances or all the things that we are dealing with, we look to Psalm 18 and David as he helps us recognize inside this that Jesus is the one to whom we look to. This is a psalm that David is singing. It's also a messianic psalm. It's pointing to the Lord. It's pointing to the resurrected Savior that we got to celebrate last week. So we would see this psalm as it points to Jesus. As we recognize David calling upon the Lord us in our lives calling upon Jesus, knowing that he is the one who delivers us. Well, inside this, we begin to recognize that there are some very important things that we learn. One, that, one this day that I really want to focus on is the sufficiency of love that we find in Christ. How sufficient he is to meet our needs. 
Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That word want means I shall not have needs that go unmet. Now, it doesn't say that we're going to get everything that we desire, but it's the needs in our life. Our need to have comfort, our need to walk through these days with, uh, with great faith instead of great fear. Those kind of things are coming out in this passage. The sufficiency of Jesus in our life. And it begins as we look at this passage. So open your Bible there and look at verse 1 where he says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. So the first thing that I want us to recognize today is the real motive of this efficiency, which is his love for the Lord. This love for who Christ is. This love is very important because the object, the object of his love is God. And our object, our motive of all that we're doing in life should be who the Lord is in us. The Lord who has given us salvation. This motive, this, this objective is not ourselves. We are learning during this season uh, in the whole world that we do not have the ability to take care of all of our needs within ourselves. So our self cannot be sufficient. Science is not able to help us. I mean, they're, they're trying, they're, they're doing all the research they can, they're trying to, to find vaccines, they're trying to do everything they can, but ultimately, science is not going to help our souls. Now, it might help us with a disease, of course it does, and, and scientists are so important to help us in those areas, but it doesn't help us with the souls of our life. Only the love of the Lord is going to do that for you. And that's what David is responding to. That's what he is crying out to the Lord. I love you, O Lord. And he, he uses this word love in this passage in Psalm 18.1. This word love is, is not used uh, in other places in the Old Testament because it has to do with a great tenderness for God. David is pouring out his heart to the Lord. And he says, with all the things that are going on around me, all the struggles that are happening in his life at this time, that he sings this song unto God, all this that is occurring, Lord, I love you with a great tenderness and a great understanding that you are sufficient. And I really want to encourage us that that should be the object, the motive of our focus is the love of the Lord, the love that he has toward us, that while we were yet sinners, he died for us, and the love that we have toward him. Not a love that comes out of ourselves, or love that comes out of the world around us, or humanity, or science, but a love that really focused on the sufficiency of who Jesus is to give us life. Now, he, get, he says that, and he makes that understanding of this object of his love, and he says, I love you, Lord, but he also is talking about the measure of his love. Inside this whole word is the measure of the love that he has for God. It's, it's a boundless kind of love. That's that word that he's using there. There are no boundaries to the love that he is pointing toward God with. There's no boundaries to the love that God has for him that he has for God. And I would ask us today, would that be true for us? Have we turned our attention and our thinking on the things of Jesus so that our love for him during these days has gotten stronger? Our love for him is a growing kind of love, a, a kind of love that has no boundaries around it. We begin to sense the presence of God, the power of God in our life. And what that presence and power is, because of that presence and power, our love for him is growing. It's a boundless kind of love. It's a love that's going to last us into 
eternity because he tells us as followers of Christ that God gave his son that we might have everlasting life. And so it's a a love that's going to go into eternity, both our love for God, our love for Christ, and his love for us. And David is responding to that. So he's he's giving this, this measure of love that has no limits to it. It's a limitless, boundless, eternal, everlasting love that he has for the Lord. And so I would just, again, ask that question. During these days, do we have that kind of love that's growing? Because that's what he wants for us. That's why we get to celebrate the resurrection on every Sunday, really, because we serve a risen Savior, right? We serve one who loves us so much that he died on the cross, but then he rose from the dead out of his love for us. And David acknowledges that. This measure of love is what he's talking about. And then he goes into the latter part of verse 1 into verse 2. And now he gives us the real motivation of that, the the motivation of his love and the manifestation of his love, how that is manifested as he responds to the Lord. And he does that by describing that in eight different words in this really verse and a half. Eight different words that have different meanings, that have a different focus, that, that really manifest before the Lord. Lord, this is why I love you. Now, I hope you will look at the word of God before you. I hope you would read those words that he tells us in this passage. So if you have it there, let's look together. He says, first of all, I love you, Lord. You are my strength. Then he says, you are my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my rock again, my shield, my salvation, my stronghold. You hear those words? Those are amazing words that... that really give us a description of the love that we are to have for God because of how he has manifested himself to us. He has manifested his, his strength to us. It is, it is, Lord, I love you because you are my strength. Now, we could define all these words if we have time this morning, but we don't have that kind of time. So I would encourage you to to spend some time in your Bible. Spend some time looking at these words and what they may mean for you and for your family. Because they're not difficult words that he gives us. They're words that we have in our everyday terminology. It's words that we need to be able to live on and to be able to put into our lives. The words that we must say, Lord, I love you because you are. You are what? You are my strength. In the second verse, he says, Lord, you are my rock. The Lord is my rock. The word that he uses here is a different word that he uses a little bit later in the verse, in verse, the latter part of verse 2. He says, Lord, you are my rock. He uses two different words. The first one it's really is a, a word that is an offensive word in the sense of rock is my place that I'm standing. I'm standing firm on you, my rock. So he says, you're my strength. I'm standing on you, my rock. You're my fortress. You're my deliverer. You're my rock. He uses that word again in a defensive term. And this word is a different word, and it means I'm standing behind you. The other rock means I'm standing on top of you, ready to to be going forward. The other word means I'm standing behind you because you are strong. 
And all these words that he uses, my strength, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my rock again, my refuge, my shield, my salvation, my stronghold, all those words are praise to the Lord. They're recognizing that he is the great one, right? He is the Lord who is great and mighty. And so here, the psalmist David recognizes his love, his tender, growing love for the Lord because all the things that are going on around him, all the midst of the problems and struggles and, and heartache and brokenness, he, he talks about his enemies inside this psalm, all those things that are going on around him cannot compare to what he finds in the Lord. And I would say that's true for us. I would say that we have to look at who the Lord is and our love for him. It should be a growing love and it should recognize that he manifests himself to us in so many ways that allows us to see who he is. And then, and then verse three, look at verse three just for a moment because he says, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I am saved from my enemies. Can't you just hear that song right now? Can't you just hear David singing out, I call to the Lord, he is worthy, he is worthy, because he is great. He is the one who is the great Lord, who he is the object, he is the, the motive of our love, and the measure of our love, endless, limitless, boundless. Why? Because he has manifested himself to you and to me, he has manifested himself in his greatness, in his power, in his presence. And our response is to praise him, even in difficult times, because he is worthy. The Lord is great. Let's pray together. Eternal God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you love us so much that we have Jesus to celebrate because he is worthy. Thank you for your great love to us. In Christ's name, amen.